welcome back to Cancer at 30. This is episode four, and today we are going to be talking about radiation treatment. So the last episode we had talked about finishing our mastectomies, and you had said that instead of giving the four to six weeks to heal, that you went in... As early as they would let me, yeah. We kept checking and to see how everything had healed, and um, as soon as as it was good, we started. So it was about under four weeks, probably three, three and a half is when I was good to go. How and was your healing at that point? It was also really fresh. I had the expander in. We hadn't oh, yeah. um, really expanded that. He had put it in fairly full anyway, um, so that was there. I don't think we had done a fill yet at that. No, we did. We had to wait a teeny bit longer on radiation. So so that he could get it to the size. Because once you start radiation, they can't yes. fill it anymore. Oh. So we got it to what he needed. And I think I only needed one fill to get it where I was. Because he was able to do that in surgery. And then um, we started. And that first day where you go in, I was not expecting <laughs> what it what it was. Yeah. It was a very long appointment. We were going out of town to the beach that night. And um, it... I laid on the table. I had this weird expander, which is very, like, forward. You know, it sticks off yeah. your body. It feels abnormal. Your side, where they've done all the, like, removing the lymph nodes is really small. So it just seems abnormally kind of, like, grossed. It. Like, just yeah. a huge thing sticking off of you. And I have bigger breasts anyway, so we were trying to get it, you know, to the size. So it just, I wasn't confident about it at all, but I also didn't care. And in a medical, I was just a weird, but I laid on the table. And if you don't know, your first one, you're not getting treatment. They just have to line all the lasers and take all these measurements. Get a mold. Yep, you make a mold. And then they use a Sharpie and these little clear circle stickers (laughs) is what ours did and, or mine did. And draw lines, and then they're gonna use you keep those marks on you the whole six, seven weeks, whatever. So mine kept treatment. rubbing. They had to finally put tape over it, and then they'd have to redo it every few days because, I mean, we were going and do. I mean, it was it was getting towards the end of the school year and just so much stuff. Yeah, yeah. mine did too. They would kind of shift and peel off and then my skin seemed to be kind of allergic to the stickers so Mm -hmm. peeling them off was hurt and I just but they were visible you could see it on my chest with certain yeah you can't and unless you're wearing like a turtleneck yeah they're up they just and they stay there and I wasn't expecting that and um it just was a really hard I went by myself I was I really thought it was just measurements I'm like nothing's even happening it's fine I don't need anyone to go and I just cried the whole way home I was so They had a tech made a comment of like, oh, is it going to stay like that? Like talking about my expander. Just some weird, it's funny how much just some, a little, little thing that they don't think about, yeah. you know. And I know no malintent was was meant. It was just one of those things. But I was just like laying there and nothing was happening and I just had tears. I was right the my same eyes. way. It was so was bright like, in that room. There were people moving around and I just tried to close my eyes and not be there. But just cry. Like, yeah. I think it's so emotional, and I think our experiences were different because you were going in early to help nip the rest of it in the butt, and then I was having a hard time going in because they said that 
there is no evidence of disease. And I'm thinking in my head, that's not right because I still have 33 rounds of radiation to go through. So it was really, I was in a, a funk Mm -hmm. for a good two or three weeks where I was just like, I can't wrap my head around. I still need this radiation. Mm -hmm. Even though you said Mm -hmm. we got it all. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like then why am I putting myself through? Yeah. Yeah. It's really at that point too. I feel like a lot of the initial like excitement, you know, of getting Mm -hmm. treatment and everything. And you're just ready to be done. You're worn down. You had surgery. You're still trying to recover from that and just starting that and then that's two where I really one I think I really started to have some anxiety issues um I drove an hour there each day and it's Monday through Friday mm-hmm. so every day for six weeks straight and um there's no days off really unless yeah. there's a holiday or something but um so that drive just I really just started messes with you mm-hmm. and it's every day. So yeah. my childcare was a huge thing. Um, and that's where I'm like, my husband would do the kids. They couldn't be gone. They were at school and preschool and different things. And there was nothing happening. So yeah. I didn't need someone with me. Um, so I tried all these different things in the car to get, get through, but it was just a long, a long process yeah. of just painful and leaving the kids and working all that and trying to hurry back for things. It's that, it's that guilt mm-hmm. that sets in again because you're the, the hat that you wear as a mom. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't think most moms usually take that hat off. And then when you have cancer, you have to take that hat off. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, finding, I was, I was just so, so thankful that my family could come out during chemo every two weeks. Somebody was always right. out here uh-huh. and and now with this treatment that was every day, I was like, mm-hmm. and of course they don't mind because we're military and right. they love to come and visit right. and see oh, the kids. And it's just like, is this going to end? Am I ever going to be able to be self-sufficient again? Are we ever, like, I just so desperately at that point just wanted my husband to deploy so I could feel like myself. Yourself, I know. I just wanted to feel like myself and I wasn't myself and I was mm-hmm. caught in that. I'm not really depending on yeah. Yeah, you've come so far and done all these things, and you're still just you're still right there. Um, yeah, it's really just starts to play with your mind, and I think too, it kind of is. There's nothing big and scary yeah. about it. Like it's very gradual. Really doesn't hurt that much until the later part. Like it feels warm and or yeah. hot, but it's totally manageable. But you're just in this like grind of everything just. I felt like it was the best way I could describe it to people was it was like going a day at the beach with none of the benefits, not being relaxed, right. not getting in the water, mm-hmm. only getting a square suntan. Suntans, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it was just the constant, and then the the fatigue from it. Mm-hmm. It really just fighting that was it was a different type of fatigue than chemo. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. And I feel like your body's still trying to get out of that chemo funk and you're still trying to move forward, but you're still in that haze. Right. Yeah. It's a weird, weird time. The, sorry, totally lost my train. No. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe chemo brain again. Um, no, it's just, it's such like the same thing over and over too. It feels like it's just never going to end. 
And I, I think, I think you hit it. Like that's when a lot of the anxiety starts because you're not, you're still fighting for your life, but you feel like, or at least I felt like during chemo, like I'm fighting for my life right now. I am physically just trying to stay alive and endure the treatment. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, okay, I'm just trying to heal from the mastectomy Mm -hmm. and you have radiation, which is last active treatment. Mm -hmm. That's not even your post treatment. Um, And I think a lot of people don't realize that either, that when you stop radiation, when you stop chemo, your treatment is not done. Mm -hmm. It is nowhere close to being done. Um, And it was that funk of, I'm excited to be done, but I'm not really done. Mm -hmm. And it hit me really hard towards the end of radiation. And I was like, okay, we're going to be done with all this cancer stuff. You're going back to normal, guys. Yeah, I'm going to go back to a a different version of normal, but it's going to be normal. Mm -hmm. And then my husband just looked at me and he's like, Steph, cancer is always going to be a part of our story. Mm-hmm. It is. And it, it took him saying that for me to really realize, okay, like mm-hmm. this isn't all just going to go away after radiation. Right. It's not going right. to just poof and be gone. Uh-huh. Um, and then that, that weight of how do I live a normal, healthy life to the best of my ability mm-hmm. and just, I don't know. Radiation is just a weird time. It is. It's a really weird, again, not physically that, I mean, it's, it hurts yeah. and it burns and the skin, I mean, it looks bad, but it really isn't such a major hill. It's just the battle mentally, I think, yeah. really sets in. Trying to figure out who you are, wanting to start, you're starting to feel better. The fatigue yeah. is there, but you can still manage, and but you can't because you're yes. dropping kids off and, you know, you're not at home and... Um, and your hair is starting to come hair, back. Yes, that's when I matched my boys. It was during yes. the time. I was really excited. And people thought at that point that it was my hairstyle. Like, I think yeah. that, because you wouldn't look at me and think, oh, she had cancer. Like, so yeah. it just looked like I had, like, a buzz cut, and that was my style. And so that's the first time people said, yeah, I like your haircut. And I was like, this is not oh, me. Yeah. I would never cut my hair like this. But it just, um, but then I started liking it. I was so happy to have hair. Like, nothing could yes. make me feel bad. Still didn't have my eyebrows and stuff. But yeah, I was happy once those, because those came back before. It was kind of nice, because my eyebrows and eyelashes came back before my hair came back. Uh, so I was like, oh, I can wear mascara again. Mm-hmm. I don't have to act like I know how to pencil my eyebrows, because mm-hmm. I don't. No. And it was, yeah, it's just the best way to describe it is a weird feeling. And this may not be the case for other women because some women only have to do radiation and they have to do a lumpectomy. They don't have to go through the chemo. And so this may not be your experience. Um, but for, I would, I would assume for most young women who go through this, Mm -hmm. it starts to settle in to figure out what the rest of your life may look like. Mm-hmm. once you get towards so. the end of active treatment. It's like after an adrenaline rush, and yeah. then you just have that kind of, like, low, like, valley of trying to figure out, and um, it's really tricky to – you start wanting to figure out who you are again and yeah. feel like yourself, and and um, you're still doing that. There's just a lot going on. It's a yeah. hard time. But – it was also a good time. I was yeah. so happy. Once you start getting to the end of those, and oh my gosh. 
gosh. Oh, gosh. When I had only a couple left, it was just, it really hit me that, okay, I'm almost done and almost done. Once I could count on two two hands, every single day I did it. And every single day that I yelled at the end of, so they would scan me. Uh And they'd be like, seven more! (laughs) And then I got down to one more. And they're like, don't jump off the table! Uh Because for anyone who doesn't know, the table is super high up in the air. And then this machine rotates around you and it it I don't know mm-hmm. burns your yeah. skin at different yeah. angles uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it but I remember that feel and I I just yelled and they're like you were probably the most excited person we have ever had and I was like this is it like I'm done I am done, and you get to ring a bell, oh, which we didn't even mention that fine. about chemo. I know. Chemo, you did a bell. I didn't get a bell, but I got a really cool certificate with a rainbow on it, and that was really awesome. Oh. <laughs> so oh. congrats on keeping their, completing it or whatever. Yeah, but. and it's just like, it was like the signal of, okay, like, mm-hmm. and I just looked. You thought you were going back to real life, didn't Yeah, you? I did, and it was this <laughs> false sense of, I remember sitting in the car, and my husband came with the kids and we rang the bell and I was so excited and I get in the car and I look like that crazy woman. I'm punching my hands in the air and I'm like yelling and I look over and my husband's looking at me from his truck and he just starts laughing and I was like, we're going to go celebrate. And like you said, it lulls, mm-hmm. it is, it lulls down and then you're like, Okay. You're left with like all these pieces of things. Yeah. That's a huge victory. I mean, I'm not it downplaying is. that. It is. It's an awesome moment. And I think it's important to take little little victories like that wherever you can. That's a huge victory. But any day, some days that's what got me through was like, okay, whether it's a week down or a this or I climbed up some stairs without stopping today. Yes. Like finding those moments throughout your treatment to take the win and and celebrate that because you have to because otherwise there's just a big sea of down moments and yes. you really got to seize those those victories I think it's it's huge that's a good point and that's and we did do that I feel and I you made that very clear is to just find little things to look forward to mm-hmm. and I found myself doing that a lot and during radiation I did talk to a chaplain throughout, I mean, the moment I found out, two days later, I told my husband, I said, you need to tell, you need to to get someone for me to talk to. Mm -hmm. And I feel like as I went through my treatment, especially once I got towards radiation, I kind of fell off with that. And I was like, I think I've got this. And then it kind of, my mental state got worse again Mm -hmm. just you know I'm doing all these things I ran throughout all the treatments and that was one of my outlets I journaled that was one of my outlets and then five minute journal and then talking to you Mm -hmm. but it was like something's just not not right like it's not settling right it didn't and I think it's weird um we still, even two years out, have so many friends who check in, and the support is the families. I mean, everything. I've been so lucky to have such a so much support from my family and my friends, and but people too. Like you move on, and they go on with their lives. And yeah. once you're out of danger, and your treatment's done, and all these things like chemo and radiation, you know, those big things, it kind of it's done, and yeah. you're sitting there, and you're left kind of with all this broken world and you're still in treatment and you're still 
like preventative type treatment yeah. and you're going in and but everybody kind of moves on and you're just there with with these pieces and you're trying to figure out what to make of all of this and yeah I feel like mentally it's almost harder in a way at that point than it is um you just did this huge mountain and you did it and you make it and you're yeah. in the radiation and then you're like okay now what and it's just this huge open thing you have to figure out it's a really yeah intimidating kind of lonely just a weird time it is it is and I and I think that was one of the reasons why I said you know and then the chaplain he said that to me that you know it is just you and Jesus walking through this because mm-hmm. nobody can know what you're going through beside yourself mm-hmm. and and for me it was my faith that that helped me get through I did become closer to God during this and I just there's there's no way to explain it and your mental health I think comes to the forefront towards the end of it because you're left with fight or flight and you fight through all of it Mm -hmm. and then you get to actually take a breath and then you you can't flight because you you literally worked so hard through all this active treatment right if you stop and you don't do the post-treatment the hormone therapy the um the surgeries are more elective than anything but to help your physical appearance Mm -hmm. match what you believe it should be Mm -hmm. and it is it's a struggle and it, your mental health comes at the forefront because you are stuck in your mind Mm -hmm. and we still, I mean, Oh yeah. I'm two years out and still just trying to, I think at the time there were so many emotions and so much. And like you said, you just focus on that physical. And then now I'm still just processing what happened, how it's changed my relationships, my marriage, my kids, it just still is touching all of our lives and just trying to sort that out and deal with the everything that I had just boxed up. It just yeah. is opening and, and it's a, still a journey. There's <laughs> still, I think, yeah. a long way to go to, to get to that point. But um, good things happen yes. too. Well, yeah. A lot of lessons learned and, and examples of kindness from other people. And it's still. Yeah. Know, and that's, I think that's a very important thing to touch on too, is just that the amount of kindness and people, it, it saddens me that, that I had to get sick to have random people act kind towards me. Not that they didn't act kind before, but they really went out of their way and it kind of just changed my mind and shaped me. Like, you know, I'll see a mom who has a kid who's acting out and the mom is just distressed and in my head I'm thinking she's doing a really good job so instead of just thinking it now I say you're doing a you're doing the you're doing good like it shouldn't take that and if anything it puts that in perspective of how important it is to hear whether you're sick not sick yeah it's just it's easier to to spread that kindness I think now yeah and how much even if they don't look sick how much it could make a difference to someone to hear those words no matter what they're going through yeah and I just think about when someone would randomly say something kind to me before all this happened and it it would it would stick out enough in my day to be to tell my husband when he got home Mm -hmm. like this nice woman just said you know x y or z to me and it really made me feel good Uh or somebody put my grocery card up for me because they thought I was struggling with like yelling at kids you know yeah just little things like that go so far and and now to see how far people really will go to to do such kind things when you're sick 
makes me want to do it more for yeah for everyone. Makes me want to instill it in the kids mm-hmm. and I really so have them realize that you don't have to you don't have to do big things to have a big impact. No, no, just little. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it could. It still changes the whole day. Or a nurse making a comment, especially yeah. in the medical, the caretakers. I don't think they realize how much we hang on every word they, they say. They say. <laughs> so it's nice when they make those kind of comments. Yeah. Thanks. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you for listening, and we hope you guys stay tuned for the next one.